you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, along with Vince Semperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Vincent, how are you? Jeff, I'm doing well. It is July, which means another month down with no baseball, but also a month the month that baseball is going to start theoretically yep fingers crossed it's so hard to be optimistic we're i've been kind of keeping my eye on uh like july 10th when we will be as close to the season starting as we were when this when spring training got cut short you know um we haven't gotten within two weeks so hopefully we can uh, get closer than that and actually have a season today we're going to talk a little bit about some possible news that came out of dodger camp uh on their first day reporting and getting tested for COVID, uh, not great news. And then we're going to talk about Rob Manfred and his stunning inability to uh, shut up and not say stupid things. So that's the plan for today. First, we want to remind you to please subscribe to Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. All right, Vince. So um, there was a report from Francis Romero on Twitter uh, that Cabert Ruiz and more than, and basically at least 10 other players are believed to have tested positive for COVID. Uh, We're talking Dodger players here. Um, This is definitely a report that we need to take with a grain of salt. Uh, Francis Romero is the same person who reported a couple months ago that the Giants were close to signing Yasiel Puig. he is a member of the BBWAA. He uh, is, as far as we can tell, a legitimate reporter. But he's also a guy who nobody's ever heard of. Um, and the one other scoop he's had uh, hasn't actually come to pass yet. The Puig signing with the Giants thing still could. Um, but, you know, uh, and also there's a little bit of uncomfortableness about, like what we talked about yesterday, players' medical records should be private unless they choose to disclose them. Uh, so it's a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, Cabert Ruiz is the only one he named by name. But uh, I don't know, what were your thoughts when you when you heard about that, Vince? Yeah, actually, it's, I saw it not too long ago. We're recording, uh, you know, at night on Wednesday. And uh, it was weird that it was uh, eight hours before that it had been tweeted. I hadn't seen anything. I hadn't really been on Twitter too much, but... But yeah, uh, I mean, you know, this guy may have a, you know, sources come from a lot of different places. Uh, we've all had, you know, sources to some extent. Well, talking about me and you, at least. You know, the, the thing is this, we're going to see a lot of players test positive in the next week or so. Not just on the Dodgers, but on every team in the major leagues. And that's kind of, you know, ex- not expected, but that's kind of goes along with how things are in the U.S. There's been spikes recently after everyone kind of opened up a little bit. Uh, you know, even as careful as you can be, you're still susceptible to getting it. It's just a matter of all those players, you know, staying, 
getting tested, staying out, uh, staying in quarantine when they do test positive, and then you know rejoining the team once they meet the qualifications to rejoin the team. So, you know, a lot of people are, you're going to see a lot of guys test positive in the next week or so, or, or in the next couple of days or so. Uh, I wouldn't put that too much as a damper on, you know, the season yet. Um, but obviously, if we see a huge breakout or if we see guys continuing to get to, to test positive later in the month, then it's going to put a little bit of a damper on it. Yeah, it's a little bit interesting with only a three-ish week spring training anyway. Um, I mean, if somebody tests positive and is out for two weeks, that really basically makes them unavailable for the beginning of the season because one week of spring training probably isn't enough. Um, but if if these guys, if 10 or more players tested positive, uh, you have to assume almost all of them were asymptomatic at the time because, uh, you know, generally if you test positive for COVID, it's because you had symptoms, so you went and got tested. But if everybody just shows up to camp and gets tested and a bunch of them test positive, seems like they're probably asymptomatic, which might be a good sign. Maybe it will pass through their body quicker, or at least they won't have the recurring uh, effects of it. Um, I don't know. It's so hard to, we know almost nothing about this stupid disease uh, or how it's going to deal with baseball this year. Um, I'm almost, you know, more interested in the, the ethical, just this reporting and stuff. Um, you know, like, like you said, maybe, maybe this guy knows Cabert Ruiz and it's Cabert Ruiz who told him, um, in which case, you know, I guess maybe if, if Cabert tells a reporter, I have COVID, uh, go ahead and report that. That's one thing. Um, the, this reporter is from Cuba. And so that's why we were willing to maybe give him the benefit of the doubt on the Puig thing. Like maybe he had some sort of Cuban connection. Cabert obviously isn't Cuban. He's Venezuelan, but there could still be the Spanish speaking connection. You know, it's totally possible that this guy has sources who are close to Cabert or even are Cabert. Um, but it is just a little bit, feels a little bit icky talking about these things that are unsubstantiated and it may or may not be true. And we don't know if the player is okay with us knowing about it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know what, we're going to see a lot of stuff over the next week or so. So take it with, not take it with a grain of salt, but just don't overreact, I guess I would say on my end. Um, and we'll kind of see how this thing progresses as time goes on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think that'll wrap it up for the first second. We're going to do our obscure former Dodger before we go to the break. Um, and this one for only a minor reason, I was, uh, I made a joke on Twitter about, I said, I've never seen a no hitter in person, but I just saw a kid hit a fair ball in the third grade baseball game, which is even more rare. Um, I've been going to my son's games and they are walk and strikeout fests. Uh, but, uh, so Anyway, and somebody replied to me saying that they had been at Jake Arrieta's no-hitter. And I said, oh, I remember Jake Arrieta's one-hitter, just being snarky about the fact that Kike Hernandez's hit uh, should have been called a hit, but it was called an error because Arrieta was throwing a no-hitter. Uh, anyway, so I was thinking about Arietta's no-hitter, and I was looking at who played for the Dodgers that day, and one of the pitchers who pitched in that game was Juan Nicasio for the Dodgers. He only spent one year with the Dodgers, just 2015, uh, pitched 58 innings, was solid, nothing amazing. Um, but he was good, and uh, and then he left and moved on. He's still pitching. Uh, he's not super obscure as a baseball player, but uh, Vince, you and I were talking before we started recording that 
We do think his time as a Dodger will kind of go into obscurity, just that one season um, and in an otherwise long career. And uh, I think the most notable thing about Juan Nicasio is that his nickname listed on Baseball Reference is Arenoso, uh, which is the town in the Dominican Republic where he grew up. I assume it's listed as his nickname because he probably put that on the back of his Players Weekend jersey, which uh, maybe is the most boring uh, nickname that somebody has put on their jersey. Uh, some guys don't put a nickname at all. Um, I guess maybe Siegs. Didn't Corey Seager go with Siegs one time? Yeah. That's 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 pretty boring. But the town you grew up in is pretty boring. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is the most notable thing about Juan Nicasio is that there's basically nothing notable about him. So that makes him a good obscure former Dodger, right? That's basically the definition. And he's one of those in the category of future obscure former Dodger, but we can get him in now. Yep, absolutely. All right. With that, let's talk about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business where you can get auto parts at a much better price than you will get if you go down the street to uh, whatever your local auto parts brick-and-mortar store is. Uh, The cool thing about RockAuto.com is they can have a warehouse and not just a little store, which means they are more likely to have exactly the part you need, and they don't have to pay middlemen of delivery you know delivering freight to the stores and paying the cashiers and all that and so they can charge you less money so you are going to get better prices and better selection if you go to rockauto.com and you have the satisfaction of supporting a family-owned business they've been in part serving auto parts customers online for 20 years all you gotta do is go to rockauto.com and there's a little section where they ask how you heard about them please write locked on so they know that we are doing our job telling you about them Um, but i promise you if there's a specific part you need, you will be much happier getting it from rockauto.com than you would at the auto parts store. And you probably get it just as quick because the auto parts store is going to have to uh, have it shipped into you anyway. So amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And keep it locked on, Dodgers. All right, Vince, we already did our obscure form of Dodgers, so let's jump right into the second part of our conversation. want to talk a little bit about Rob Manfred and... Uh, you know, I, I'm i not a big Rob Manfred fan. You're not either. I've been campaigning for his job. And I just want to play a little snippet of an interview he did with, uh, I think it was an L.A. Uh, radio station, right? Dan Patrick. It was, oh, it was Dan Patrick. So like a national show. Um, and so I'm just going to click play on this, play you 20 seconds or so of what Rob Manfred said. And then we are going to talk about it. So here it is. Rob Manfred Answering a question from Dan Patrick, I think Dan Patrick asked him, how do you think you did in these negotiations? And here's Manfred's answer. Look, I think the most important thing to our fans is um, that we're going to make every attempt to get the game back on the field. Um, You know, I know some people um, have talked about longer seasons, 60 too short. The reality is, the reality is we weren't going to play more than 60 games no matter how um, the negotiation with the players went or any other factor, 60 games is the outside of the envelope given the realities of the virus. And- All right. So Rob Manfred quoted saying, "We the reality is we weren't going to play more than 60 games no matter how the negotiations with the players went. The tricky part here, Vince, is that the owners made three – official offers to the players that were more than 60 games. 
And the players at the time said the commissioner's not negotiating in good faith uh, because every time they offered more games, they offered less money per game. So they basically were only going to pay, you know, 50 or 55 games worth of money. Uh, and so when you're, when ownership made three offers of more than 60 games, and then the commissioner says, we were never going to play more than 60 games. Doesn't that strike you as a little bit odd, Vince? Yeah, that's uh, definitely a, a interesting negotiating tactic that they used uh, with negotiating in air quotes. But, I mean, it's pretty much what we knew. Man, Fred is just putting it out there as, uh, I don't know, as facts now. Um, you know, every time the, the, the owner's side was always the, the same amount of money that they were offering ballpark-wise, overall amount of money. You know, the, the actual numbers fluctuated between how much of the proration they were going to do, but it was always the, the grand number was always the same. And, and we saw that we, we were all smart enough to recognize it. The owners, you know, probably for the first time in a long time, finally maybe lost the majority of fans on their side or at least you know the fans on social media for the most part so you know just the fact that he's saying it is is an interesting way to go about it especially you know with the new cba after next season and and just the general way he's viewed as commissioner uh, he, he's definitely making some odd decisions in the way he's going about these interviews yeah and the way i see it is the players are going to file a grievance. Uh, they were going to anyway, but he just handed them their grievance uh, because now they can say ownership did not negotiate in good faith. And for proof, here is the commissioner saying with his own mouth that they did not <laughs> negotiate in good faith. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, did somebody inject him with truth serum? And as he's saying this, he's saying, I shouldn't be saying this. I'm an attorney. I should know better. I'm not supposed to be this monumentally stupid. Because that's the stupidest thing a person could say when you know you're facing a grievance about not playing more than 60 games. For you to come out and say, we were never going to play more than 60 games. I know we offered 84. I know we offered 78. We were never going to do more than 60 because we offered those knowing the players are going to shoot them down because we knew the players wanted to be p paid for the actual games they were playing because they are human beings who have wants and needs. And it, it's like, I don't know. Like, Rob Manfred is obviously a bad commissioner. He's bad at his job. Uh, he's bad for baseball because he doesn't like baseball. But what this proves is he's not even good for the owners. He's not even good at being on the owner's side because he literally just cost ownership hundreds of millions of dollars in a grievance by admitting to what they had done. The whole point of being an attorney is to shut your mouth and not give away things that, that cost your clients hundreds of millions of dollars. And for him to do that, like, I honestly don't understand how he ever got a law degree with an IQ of 40 like he must have to say something like that out loud on a national radio show. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah, he might be one of those that is more book smart than, you know, actually intelligent, I guess. You know, a lot of people can, can be book smart. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the players do anything with this information or how they go about it. Um you know, it just adds more fuel to next year after the season, you know, getting that, that CBA. And, you know, at this point, it kind of feels like a lockout's inevitable. 
every day that passes, something else seems to happen that that furthers that that motion, that idea. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I mean, I think the the Jeffrey Commissioner hashtag is probably gonna be trending in the next few days because, uh, or if it's not already, because you know Jeff Snyder is gonna be the next baseball commissioner. I should be like. Seriously, I, I know how to not say things that are going to cost the owners hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, if I was the commissioner, it wouldn't have gotten that far because we would have negotiated in good faith and actually done what was best for the game of baseball, which is what's best for the owners. Owners need to realize that what's best for the game is what's best for them because money next year is just as important as money this year and money 10 years from now is just as important as money this year. And if you destroy the sport now, you're not going to have money coming in in 10 years. Uh, somebody ought to be telling the, them these things, and I'm definitely the man to do it. Snydog at gmail.com. Hit me up. Any of you 30 owners, you want to take up my cause? We'll make it happen. I, I, I'll rent office space right here in Pleasant Grove, Utah. I will run things out of Pleasant Grove the way Bud Selig ran them out of Milwaukee, and Pleasant Grove will become the hub of baseball with hashtag Jeff for commissioner. Make it happen. <laughs> there you go. We'll start the campaign. You got anything else you want to say about that blubbering moron Rob Manfred, Vince? No, I would recommend that he doesn't do any more interviews. Uh, you know, first of all, I recommend that he maybe steps down. But if not to that extent, maybe just stop doing interviews. Uh, focus on, you know, I don't know, actually improving the game of baseball, doing something that's not uh, just worrying about the pace of play to reduce the game by a couple minutes. And it wasn't even a gotcha question. Like Dan Patrick asked him, how do you think you did in these negotiations? And, and he just blurts out this damning information. It's like if, hey, what's your favorite ice cream? I killed my grandma. Like, you know, you don't have to say that. Nobody's trying to get you here. It's a softball question. Answer the softball question. Say nothing of substance. That's your job. But no, instead, he just gave the players their case, which is good because players deserve the hundreds of millions of dollars they're going to win. Uh, it's not great for the future of baseball's labor relations, probably. Um, but uh, it's it's good because it strengthens an already strong case that the players had, I think. So, Yeah. All right, I think that'll wrap it up for today. Short episode, but that's okay. Uh, by short, I mean roughly the length that <laughs> we <laughs> our episodes are supposed to be. Um, but we will be back tomorrow to talk more about, uh, you know, hopefully some real news coming out of Dodger camp as players are starting to do their workouts. Their first official workout, I think, is on Saturday. Is that right, Vince? Friday. Okay, so that's okay. So tomorrow's episode will be right before that workout. Uh, we did see video of Alex Wood pitching. Looks good. Um, yeah, I, I'm just hoping every every Dodger pitcher comes in with all their all their bullets ready to go. And uh, you know, Kershaw. Alex Wood looked good. Yeah, Wood looked good. Ker One pitch. Kershaw is hopefully throwing 96 again. You know, David yeah, Price Turner posted. Justin Turner posted a, a his swing looks pretty. Uh, major league ready mid-season form so yeah i guess that's one other thing we could mention justin turner is advocating for uh russell martin to be re-signed so uh yeah and maybe if Kbert really is uh <laughs> sick maybe that is uh more of a possibility i don't know but anyway we'll be back tomorrow to talk about whatever news there is to talk about please subscribe to locked on dodgers wherever you get your podcasts if you have apple podcasts even if you don't use it go ahead and subscribe there to help other people find us uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. DMs are open in all of those places. 
Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. Uh, what else? Our phone number, 323-863-LOCK-5625. You can leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text there anytime you want. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard. All heart and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.